Welcome back to another episode of the All of Life Show. I am one of your hosts, Stuart White, along with my lovely wife, Alicia White. You may have noticed it's been a little bit of time since, uh, you know, maybe a new episode popped up and you were probably wondering, where have you been? Well, where have we been? We've been at Disney World. <laughs> yeah. We decided to throw caution to the wind, take the family. Guess what? Everybody's okay. And uh, we had a great time. Really enjoyed it. And uh, then we also, there was some holiday before Christmas that always gets overshadowed. Oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. We had uh, Thanksgiving. So we just decided, you know what? We're going to take a little break here before we release the next episode. And, well, uh, it wasn't only that. <laughs> I feel like we've said that a lot because we keep getting foster kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. But we, a couple months ago, we welcomed in for the first time um, a teenager into our home. And so we have a 17-year-old girl. She's been here for two months. She's amazing. Um, and I do think we mentioned that on like two episodes maybe ago, but it's been that long since we put something out. And this happens every time we end up welcoming a foster kiddo into our home. It's an adjustment for our family and everything else kind of slides to the back burner because it requires a lot more intentionality and family time and um, adjusting. So we feel pretty adjusted now and spending uh, spending nine days in Florida, eight days in Florida, um, and having some warmth and getting to eat at an actual restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. Getting to sit down. Seeing Mickey Mouse and off. Minnie Mouse. <laughs> yeah. We had a great time. The kids loved it. Um, and Disney World wasn't bad, uh, other than that you had to keep your mask on the entire time, unless you were standing still eating or drinking actively like you, eating you had to be drinking. actively eating or drinking you couldn't be walking and sipping on a latte you had to stop and quit moving so we did end up on our very last day because you couldn't take any pictures without your mask on on the very last day right before we were going to leave the park we everybody grabbed a pretzel and we walked over to the mickey mouse uh, flower arrangement that they have at the entrance as we were on our way out and we pulled down our masks, ate a pretzel, and said cheese. So we got one family picture without the masks on. And it was cheesy. And it was cheesy. Um, so here we are. And this is kind of special because we are almost coming up on a year of the show. And while I wish we had more episodes under our belt, one thing I'm really excited about is the fact that this is our very first Christmas episode. And as of recording this and the day that this comes out, it will be about three, four days before Christmas. Uh, so we thought, what would be a cool episode to do? And I went back and forth with this. We talked about it. And eventually, we settled on this idea of let's talk about what our favorite Christmas song is. And, you know, there's the obvious ones. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Jingle bells, all the all the really solid theology. Uh, but then we landed on one that it seemed so obvious when we thought about it, and that song is "Oh Holy Night." For me uh, and you, we've led this song many times uh, in worship, and it just—it's always so powerful. It's always so moving. But to my chagrin, I did not know really anything about the history of the song, and so I started looking it up and just reading about the story of what was the history of this song. And it was really fascinating. Like there's several things about this song that 
I think that you will find interesting. So we kind of wanted to share that with you. I'm going to tell you guys, he is nerding out on this whole thing. Like he has been so excited about all of the history of this song. He's like, babe, let me read you this article. I got to read you this. This is so interesting. And I'm like, can you please just do your research so I can watch The Bachelorette and then we'll just do the podcast episode. I am not as much of a history geek as this dude is. (laughs) Well, you're going to be at the end of this episode. I'm sure you'll convert me. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive right into this. So the song, Oh Holy Night, actually originated as a poem that was commissioned by an unknown parish priest. And there was this man in the town, he was the commissioner of wines. I like this guy. Yeah, you're already into this. (laughs) The year was 1847. This guy's name was Placide Capot de Orocmar. And really, they call him Placide Capot. And he was more known for being a poet than like being in attendance at church. But this priest came to him and said, hey, dude, would you write a poem for the Christmas service that's coming up? And uh, he's, he thought about it. And so he said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'd like to share my gift with people. And he ends up taking the book of Luke and he's on a journey and he begins reading the book of Luke and he pens this song. And it wasn't called Oh Holy Night because it was French. The real song is called Cantique de Noël. And so he pens this song and he's actually like really proud of it. And he gives it to the priest and he likes it. And he's like, you know what? This, it wasn't a song yet. It was a poem. And so he goes, I think we need to put music to this. So he finds a friend of his who was musically inclined because he was not. And uh, his friend's name was Adolf Charles Adams. Now, the interesting thing is, is Adolf Charles Adams was not a Christian. He was Jewish. And he took on the, the role anyway, and he wrote this beautiful music for the song. And they perform it three weeks later at this Christmas service. Well, it takes off, and it starts be becoming this very popular song within um, France. But word gets out that the guy who wrote the music for it was Jewish, and they find out that uh, the original, the guy who wrote the poem, Placide Capot, he ends up kind of leaving the church for socialism, which is, uh, you know, not too uncommon these days. <laughs> and he, so you he- just slipped yeah, that in there, ding, babe, nice. <laughs> So he, uh, they, they, the church actually says, hey, this song is unfit for being performed in the church anymore. But a lot of the French people kept performing or singing it in their Christmas ceremonies or whatever they did in maybe their small towns or in their homes. Well, this was that way for a while. And then this American writer, John Sullivan Dwight, came up upon the song and he was like, wow, this is beautiful. I want to translate this into English. And he was a, a Christian, but also he was an ardent abolitionist, it says. So he was very much against slavery. And again, again this is 1847, you know, and on. So he translates this song into English. And we're actually going to read the literal translation from French and then read the English translation. And as you look at it... He's going to do the French version. I'm going to do the English version. I'm going to read the translation in French. (laughs) I am not so good in the French. But 
as you look at them, they're almost different songs, but you tell you can tell there are pieces where, okay, that's how he got this here. But you could almost say John Sullivan Dwight was the one who really wrote the song, if you will, in the the way that we know it today. So one of the things that he loved about the song, and this has always stood true for me, is the verse, the third verse, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. You could see why in abolitionist movements back then, this became very popular. Change shall he break for the slave is our brother. That moved him enough and he was even maybe more stoked about that line than perhaps even the focus on the birth of the Messiah. So he puts it out and it finds footing in America and everybody's pretty stoked about it. And one of the things that there's a story and I I guess it's kind of debated, but that in the um, Franco-Prussian War, uh, there was a French soldier who jumped out of his trench and he began singing the French version of the song. And then eventually a German soldier jumped out and began singing a version of a song by Martin Luther. And then the, the fighting stopped for 24 hours and they all observed Christmas. And this became something that they think led to the readoption of the song Cantique de Noël in French services and churches. So here's the thing. Adams, who had died at this point, and Capot and Dwight, they were old men, and it says in the year 1906, something interesting happened. A guy named Reginald Fessenden, he was a university student and a former chemist for Thomas Edison, he did something that uh, was shocking at the time. He sent the very first radio broadcast. He sends this voice message and everybody who was listening to the Morse code all of a sudden hears this man's voice over the airwaves in 1906. And the thing that he read was from the book of Luke. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And so he reads the book of Luke to them. And everybody's just like, this is like a miracle. The uh, Something from heaven must have come down, you know, what is going on? They can't figure it out. And then at the end of it, he finishes reading and he picks up his violin and he plays Oh Holy Night. So this was the very first song, first music ever broadcast mm-hmm. over the airwaves, which is pretty awesome, I think. So since that very first Christmas... In 1847, the song's been sung millions of times over the years and played by everybody, and yet it has such a powerful message to it. Like, I think that's the reason I've always liked the song, but this, for me, makes it even more significant, just the the history of it. You have a song that was written by a man who later left the faith, and the music composed by a Jewish man who didn't believe in Jesus as the Messiah— And then it gets picked up years later by an American man who changes the lyrics a little bit to fit American, you know, English, and the song just blows up, and it speaks to the abolition of slavery, and it speaks to um, all men being created equal, and, and all these amazing ideas that came from God. And so I've just always been really touched and moved by the song, and I wanted to read the 
lyrics in French, and you guys can see just how different it actually was versus what Dwight ends up writing in the English version of the song. So this is the French translation, and it says, Midnight, Christians, it is the solemn hour when God as man descended among us to expunge the stain of original sin and to put an end to the wrath of his Father. The entire world thrills with hope. On this night which gives us a Savior, people on your knees attend your deliverance. And an alternate translation I found was, Behold your deliverance. Christmas, Christmas, here is the Redeemer. Christmas, Christmas, here is the Redeemer. The ardent light of our faith guides us all to the cradle of the infant, as in ancient times a brilliant star conducted the Magi there from the Orient. The King of Kings was born in a humble manger. O mighty ones of today, proud of your grandeur, it is to your pride that God preaches. Bow your heads before the Redeemer. Bow your heads before the Redeemer. The Redeemer has broken all shackles. The earth is free and heaven is open. He sees a brother where there once was but a slave. Love unites those who restrain the sword. Who will tell him our gratitude? It is for us all that he was born, that he suffered and died. People stand up, sing your deliverance. Christmas, Christmas, let us sing the Redeemer. Christmas, Christmas, let us sing the Redeemer. I mean, you almost wouldn't recognize Mm. those lyrics. You get like association of certain lines but it's almost a completely different song and i i was reading that too and thinking this was written by a guy who allegedly didn't he may not have even been you know a believer and yet he has lines in there like you know uh what is it he where does he say this he says oh mighty ones of today proud of your grandeur it is to your pride that god preaches and then later on he says uh it is for us all that he was born, that he suffered and died. Like, this is a Christmas song, but he's looking forward to the crucifixion and the resurrection. So I find that really interesting. So then if we read the English translation, uh, as it was originally written um, by John Sullivan Dwight, it says, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices. O night divine, O night when Christ was born. O night, O holy night, O night divine. Led by the light of faith serenely beaming, with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. So, led by light of a star sweetly gleaming, here come the wise men from Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger, in all our trials, born to be our friend. He knows our need, to our weakness no stranger. Behold your king, before him lowly bend. Behold your king, your king before him bend. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord, then ever, ever praise we. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. You know, it's like almost you're reading the Psalms as you're reading that. Um, 
and I think that's something else that when we've done this song and performed it, it always moves me. Like every time I'm often like almost to the point of tears because I, it just, the music combined with the lyrics and the power of what it is that we're singing about, you know, like he knows our need. He's no weakness to, uh, or no stranger to our weakness. And we behold our King and yet we bend before him lowly, like picturing him in the manger. Here's your King. Um, it, to me, it like raises images of Christ talking about like when he uh, goes to wash the disciples' feet. And then they're, they're like, what are you doing? You can't wash our feet. And he tells them like, you know, look, I'm, if you're clean, I, I've washed all of you, but this is, this is what I've done as an example to you. If I have washed your feet, then you are n- no greater than the master. So follow the lead. It just like the humility of Christ, the um, boundary transcendence that he has where he's not, he's not far off. He's there with the people. He knows what it's like to be poor. He knows what it's like to be in pain. He knows what it's like to be a servant. He's, he's not inaccessible to anyone. I love that. You know, that is something about Jesus that is unique and different, I think, than all other religions. Even the ones where they would say, well, you know, this guy or that guy, Buddha or whoever was poor, but they they sought to be separate from the people. They sought to be um, just to reach a level of enlightenment that others couldn't follow, not to bring light to the people. So I personally was very moved as I was reading all this stuff. And for me, having kind of more of a, a rack to hang the hat on for all this, it it will make this song even more significant in the future as we perform it and and lead worship or attend a worship service. So as you go out this week, as you most likely will hear this song, maybe this will be something that the Lord will speak to your heart and go, how amazing that God can use a man who may not be a believer, a Jewish man who isn't a believer, and then a man in a country, you know, 3,000 miles away uh, years later, and then it can be the very first song that ever goes out over radio waves. That's amazing to me. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will have another episode out next week. We have one more episode before the end of the year, and then we're very excited to kick off the new year and see what the Lord does with the podcast and reach out to us too. Feedback at alloflifeshow.com. And you can go to our website, which is alloflifeshow.com. That one was easy. And just a heads up for you guys, we are planning a road trip, um, most likely going to be the end of February through the beginning of April. We're going to be traveling down the West Coast, probably um, toward the Arizona area. So if you are... um, just if your church is struggling, needing somebody to come lead worship, or if you guys would just like to meet up, we'd love to meet with you. But we have told you guys before how much we love leading worship, and um, we'd love to just bring that to your church if you guys are meeting in person. So reach out via the email if you are interested in that. Thank, Thank you, guys. you guys so much. We love you. We'll be excited to come to you next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.